perfume Working on my skin I'm an artist so I'm staying focused on my pen I'm just doing me, drinking water now too Wanna get like me, I can show you a couple things Let me show you how to get the glow Got that man off, block his number from your phone Follow every word I say And you'll be glowing just like That's the music of Sunny one of Fuqua's baristas by day and a musician by night. She's someone we see every day, but very few people know this side of her. Originally from Durham, Sonny has been singing and rapping for 15 years and has released five albums over the past few years. They're called Sexuality, Sonny Speaking, Blue Jeans, Popstar Icon, and Guilty Pleasure. In this episode, Sonny shares about chasing her dreams and finding her voice Lessons that can benefit all of us at Fuqua. Welcome to the Fuqua Show. For the stories, the lessons, and the passions of the Team Fuqua community at Duke University's Fuqua School of Business. I'm Thomas Chang, and today I'm here with a very special guest. We have Sunny our very own barista slash singer slash rapper slash musician. Welcome, Sonny. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Just wrapping up finals week, getting ready for winter break. Any plans for the holidays? No plans. Ah, well, hopefully you get a little bit of a break, especially when we're all gone <laughs> in a few days. Thank you. That was a great intro, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Sonny, what else? What else do the listeners not know about you? I was actually thinking about this earlier today. But I think one interesting fact about me is when I was a kid, around 10, I started doing a lot of music competitions. So I've auditioned for American Idol twice, X Factor, America's Got Talent, The Four. But the only one that I got the furthest on was X Factor and I got a second audition. Can you tell us a story about what it's like to audition for one of those shows? What did you sing on American Idol? It is very overstimulating. There's so many people of different backgrounds coming all over the world singing. And it's a very intimidating space, especially as a young person. I didn't have that much experience then. So I kind of fell out of place, but my mom instilled in me to just be confident and go for it. And she supported me every step of the way. But I can remember one time singing an original song that I wrote as a kid in front of hundreds of people at the mall for American Idol. How old were you? I had to be like 15, 16. 15, 16. And so you said a shopping mall. This wasn't what they show on TV on American Idol. No, no, no. So how it works is you have a public audition where you audition in front of three or four producers, and then you get a a call back. Then like they give you a, a slip of paper, red, blue, or green, and that will determine whether you go to the next audition. And the second audition is another set of producers. And then after that callback is when you get on TV. And so for the X Factor, how far did you get? You said the second round? the second, yeah. So the second round of producers. For America's Got Talent, I was around 10 years old and I was auditioning at Charlotte 
which I met Stevie Wonder, remind me to tell you that story well, while uh, I was there. Can we can we hear the story of how you met Stevie Wonder? Yeah, of course. I was staying in Charlotte over the weekend to audition for America's Got Talent. And it was my mother and I, my aunt and my cousin staying at the hotel. My mother and I went downstairs. I had to go with my mom and my mom ran off to the bar, came back to me, and I paused right in my tracks to see Stevie Wonder entering the front door of the lobby with two chicks on each of his arms. And I'm like, Stevie Wonder, that's Stevie Wonder. I call my mom over and she was in disbelief, but he was there for a birthday party, actually. And my mother and I snuck into the birthday party Wow, Stevie Wonder, <laughs> and we got kicked out. But yeah, did he sing? We did not see him sing. No, 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 no. This little very no. superstitious. No. no writings on the wall. Oh, you have a nice voice. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And so, why were you doing all of these auditions? Was it something that was a big passion for you, singing and music, growing up? Well, I come from a very musical family, and. My mother actually was a recording artist when she had me. Yeah. So she would take me to the recording studio, to band practice. And that's how I got exposed to a lot of those things. And I think that she just wanted to create some type of opportunity for me to be active in music. And that was the best way that she knew to do so. So she signed me up for literally everything that she could. And I'm so grateful that she did that. Well, I'm pretty amazed that you're 15, 16 and auditioning for American Idol with original songs. Were you already writing your own music from a young age as well? Yes. I started writing my music around that time and I wanted to stand out as a kid. I've always wanted to like just be different from everybody else. And although I feel like the judges didn't get it at that time, (laughs) I was confident enough in myself, obviously, to get up in front of uh, hundreds of people and sing a song that no one knows. Do you remember back then what your process was like for writing a new song? So I didn't really understand this until I got older, but I think that, you know, I don't know if you know the saying, but life imitates art. Mm. So I found myself just writing about my experience, whatever I was going through during that period of time in my life. I guess I went through a lot as a kid and I was writing some really heavy stuff, like some love songs and heartbreak and all of these things that you would be shocked that a 15, 16 year old is writing. Was it easy for you to share so much of your personal self in public like that? Yeah. I mean, It didn't really feel like I was being personal. It just felt like I was being an artist and expressing myself. And I always say that once I share something, it's no longer mine because it's for the world to decide, you know, what it means and to critique it however they please and perceive it in whatever way that they feel. And so... It's like I don't own those words anymore Mm. in some way. 
she takes me on your lips Every time she wants a kiss She just tastes like jealousy She'll never be sweet like me Sweet like me, sweet like me, sweet like me, sweet like Do you remember back then who some of your biggest musical influences were? Yeah, so it's so funny because my mom listened to so many different sounds growing up. She would play Journey, Sting, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then she would go into like Brandy, Mary J. Blige, Tupac, Biggie. So my mom's music taste is very eclectic and it rubbed off on me as a kid. Like when I was in high school, I was listening to Paramore and Green Day, My Chemical Romance. And then I was also listening to Rihanna and Nicki Minaj and just all of these different sounds and genres, which is why it's always been a struggle for me to categorize my music. Whenever somebody would ask me, well, what kind of music do you make? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe R&B alternative or some type of pop. And so after that teenage phase, when you started to make more music and evolve as a person and also as a musician, were there new themes or topics that you tried to explore? Absolutely. One thing that stuck out in particular was navigating gender, sexuality, all of these things that like a normal teenager goes through. So like with my first album, Sexuality, Sexuality the album is about navigating your sexual identity and celebrating it and being liberated. And throughout the album, there are themes of love and lust and romance and just celebrating your identity. And I released that when I was like 18, 19. Of all the things you could have done for your first album, why was that what you ended up doing? I think around that time in my life, it was a lot of heavy reflecting. I wasn't in school. I don't think I had a job at the time. And so I was at home, like in my room. And the only thing that I wanted to do was make music. So I actually like locked myself in my room for like three months, barely left the house. And I came out with sexuality. The inspiration behind it and the writing just stems from like past experiences of being bullied and people hyper-focusing on my sexuality and my identity and me kind of reclaiming that and putting it in my music and creating a story that made sense to me and that I own instead of letting other people create and define my narrative. Hmm. So it sounds like it wasn't just a fun thing to do, but something really personal and something really important for you and who you were becoming. Exactly. As time went on and as I wrote more and created more music, that I found a healthy balance of creating music that was true to me, but also relatable to everybody. And also music that people could enjoy and just a balance of personal but also like feel good, happy music, which I also enjoy, which is part of the reason why I started rapping. Hmm. 
Yeah. Tell me more about that. When did that become a big thing for you? I've always really liked rapping. I loved Tupac and Biggie. Obviously, I love Nicki Minaj. Um, Have you heard the new album? Yes, I've heard the new album, Pink Friday 2, in stores now. (laughs) Yes, I love it. But I didn't start rapping until my second album, Sunny Speaking. And it just kind of flowed easy for me. But the more that I rapped, the more I just let loose and enjoyed what I was rapping about. And I got more into like lyricism, flow, cadence, and all of these things. Breath. Yeah, breath control. I can rap fast. Now, oh, I've heard. I've heard you rap fast. You were talking before with sexuality about how personal it was and how raw it was. When when you rap, is it the same? Or are you just more having fun and, and having a good time? It depends because now I feel like I don't have to, like when I rap, I feel like I don't have to just rap about one thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Like I don't have to always rap about money or cars or like materialistic stuff. I can rap about something personal. Well, then later for the next few albums, after Sunny Speaking, which is the first one that you rapped on, you did Blue Jeans, Pop Star Icon, you you just dropped Guilty Pleasure. How has your process or your conception of who you are as an artist evolved over time? So going back to that quote, life imitates art, I feel like as an artist, I'm always evolving, always growing, and just as much as I am as a person and Mm -hmm. a human being. Mm -hmm. I think that's what has kept me so inspired all these years and has given me the ability to release all of this music. Is because the things that I was experiencing at that time was inspiring. Can you give an example of something in your life and how you've incorporated that into a song? There's actually a song. It's one of the last songs on Sunny Speaking. It's called Bad For Myself. And I'm actually talking bad about myself. Like, I'm saying I'm bad for myself. Mm. And I'm saying how insecure I am and how I'm not a friend to myself. And during that writing process, I was really feeling like really low about myself. And I think in order to reclaim my power and who I am as a person, I had to just write it all out on paper. Why do you think you were being bad for yourself? I think everybody has moments in their life where they aren't proud of themselves or they don't feel 100% secure or confident rather than continue to beat myself and 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 wade in these feelings and emotions i just relinquished them by naming them whether i wrote it on paper or sung it in a song listening back to those lyrics just reminds me of how much i've grown as a person It also reminds me to give grace to myself and love myself. I want to ask you a little bit about performing. 
So you don't just write and produce your own music, but you've been performing around Durham. I don't know if you've been performing elsewhere, but what's that like for you being on stage in front of an audience? Performing is actually something that I enjoy above writing, above producing. Performing is what makes me feel like I could do this forever. And although I am a nervous wreck every time I'm about to get on stage, you would never know. I feel the most confident on stage. I feel the most liberated and celebrated. I love seeing people in the crowd and their reactions and singing their my lyrics back to me. It's one of the best feelings. And although sometimes I feel like it's not real and it's not me that is up on that stage, I would not trade performing for anything in the world. What's your favorite show that you've performed? I would say my favorite show that I performed was at Underground Arts in Philadelphia. It was my first time in Philadelphia, and I got invited out to perform. Well, before we get there, how do you get these invitations? Do you have an agent, or is it all you? It's all me. I don't have an agent. And so how do you even go about finding these gigs in these cities where you don't even live? Just networking, honestly, especially like in the queer community, everybody is very like interconnected. So I'm always just following and listening to just different people. And this particular instance, somebody was a fan of mine and they reached out to me Mm. and wanted me to perform at their show. The Philadelphia show for me was like the first show where I actually felt like a valued artist because they made a proposal to me. They paid me. They paid for my flight, my hotel, my food. They made sure everything was good, like my sound when I was there. And on top of it just being a a place of celebration and an opportunity to be with community, on top of people knowing my music, it just was one of the most exciting experiences that I've ever had as an artist. Now, I can imagine that must have been incredible. When was this? This was last year, around April, May. So for you, you've been doing this for a long time. You said 15 years in the intro, right? What has kept you going through what I imagine are a lot of challenges and hardships, and it's tough to make it in this business? Well, another thing the audience may not know about me is that I'm a Virgo. And if you know anything about Virgos, Virgos are somewhat competitive and they are perfectionist. Mm. What's the hardest thing about this whole process? The hardest thing is not having a team. If you don't have a team, then sometimes it can feel a bit limiting. And you have to be the producer, the writer, the promoter, the manager, and you can kind of get burnt out. And how about dealing with the haters? Has that been a challenge? Yes. I mean, haters are challenging, but it's not something that I really focus on. I think that I'm just a different type of person and I make different music. I have a different sound, but a lot of it comes with judgment and critique. I think all artists experience that. And 
I think that the hate that you get as an artist is something that you could channel in your music. It's something that I do often and that I I love pissing my haters off in my music. How so? Just like talking crap and it's really like a way to boost your confidence, you know? It's like when you finally stand up to the bully in high school. And another way is just realizing that not everybody's going to like you. And so I think that that's just a reminder that just to stay grounded, you know, and to know that you are not above critique as a human or an artist. So I feel like it's one thing to be a hater, but another to be a genuine critic and someone who's just trying to help you get better. How do you handle that kind of criticism? It's a challenge. I feel like, especially when it comes from your peers or somebody that you looked up to, one instance in particular is when I played my music for Timbaland. The rapper Timbaland? Yes. And he did not like it. Did he tell you he didn't like it? Well, I played him two songs. One song was called Shine and another is called Easy from my album Guilty Pleasure. And when he first played Shine, he just shook his head and was like, this is not it. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Well, what was the context? Did you just ask if you could play your stuff? Did he ask you? I sent in my music to him, which it was set up by a friend. And he agreed and he played my music on his end. It was him and another DJ or a producer. And Timberland is somebody that like... I was literally obsessed with in high school and middle school. So it was really heartbreaking that he did not like my music. And he didn't really give me like any real constructive criticism. He just told me that he didn't like it and that it wasn't it. Ever since then, I stopped playing Shine. But that didn't discourage you from continuing to try and write new songs? Oh, absolutely not. What what do you think is the biggest way that you've improved as an artist over these years? With each of my albums, I feel like they got better. It was easier for me to write and flush out ideas. These past two records were like the first records where I didn't feel any pressure. I was just able to focus on the experience. And I think that that is something that I've been trying to conquer for a really long time is letting go of perfectionism and just letting the music speak for itself and not overthinking it and seeing what comes out. And I feel like I've made some of my best music. And that makes a lot of sense too, with what you said earlier, Mm -hmm. if the music is a reflection of you, you shouldn't expect yourself to be perfect and to be this polished final product. The music is a reflection of who we are at this point in all of our our flaws and our complexities. Exactly. That is just a reminder to people who are looking from the outside in to humanize, you know, artists, especially on a bigger platform, because oftentimes we're put on a pedestal and expected to excel and, you know, have a certain amount of plays and followers and chart and sell all of these things. And so when it doesn't happen, 
it kind of leads to disappointment in a way. And I feel like that can affect people as an artist. And a lot of what my mentors have told me in music is to not look at statistics. Like, don't look at your plays and stuff like that. Just focus on the music. Focus on building connections with real supporters, real listeners. That's really all you need to succeed in the music industry. I've talked to you about this privately is not really having the drive to continue music right now in my life and maybe pick it up later. But a lot of what I've experienced in along in my music journey is feeling like I'm in a rat race, kind of like clawing to the top and just trying to get ahead of everybody because everybody wants to be the best. That's just something that I've kind of grow I've grown tired of. Mm. And although I know that the industry is very competitive, I don't feel like I need to compete any longer. I've put out so much music. I've worked really hard for what I have. If it's meant for me to be a Beyonce or Rihanna or a Nicki Minaj, then it'll happen. Right. Right. And so what does that mean for you? Do you think that you'll take a break for a bit? Absolutely. Yeah. And then any thoughts about the future or you'll just take it one day at a time? One day at a time. Right now, what I really want to do is just discover new things about myself. And I also want to go back to school. Okay. Go back to school. Any ideas of what you'd want to study? Well, when I first studied, I was studying marketing. I don't know if I want to go back into marketing. I was also studying victimology, which is the study of the perpetrator and the victim. So that would like classify into something like forensic files. So truly a new beginning ahead of you. Truly. And who knows, the journey that is ahead of me right now might inspire new stories for me to write about musically. Right. Okay. Well, I think a lot of the students who are listening are starting on a new chapter as well. Do you have any advice that you want to give them? Don't have just one image or vision for your life. Life is full of endless possibilities and you can have a million and one dreams. It doesn't have to just be one dream. So if you find yourself in a space where you feel like you didn't accomplish something specific, don't feel like you are a failure because you can accomplish so many things. It's not too late. So I just want people to remember that about themselves. Love that. Well, Sunny, same goes to you. Best of luck with whatever you end up doing, whatever this next chapter holds for you. I am really excited that we got to have this conversation and get to know a little bit more about you and your music. And thank you so much for everything that you and the the team do here. We're going to miss you over winter break, but we'll see you in the new year. Thank you so much, Thomas.